0: In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. Today on the podcast, we are excited to welcome
1: Kristen Morgan. Kristen is a social media cheerleader for Keeping It Real, while striving to be better. She's a BYU graduate, blogger, BYU Women's Conference presenter, lover of Oreos, hello, yes, and true crime, wife, mama, and grandma. She believes that we can become better, stronger people because of our adversity. Kristen married someone with the same last name as her, so she's actually Kristen Morgan Morgan, which I think is so fun. <laughs> I know. It's <laughs> yeah. I love that. Kristen Morgan Morgan, she says she talks out loud to herself in the car like she's being interviewed by Oprah. Also, do that same thing. <laughs> she loves Diet Coke and True Crime Podcasts, like we talked about. And of course, Oreos. Okay, I have to ask: are you double stuff, mint, thin, which no. plain? Just pocket? yeah, the, the OG. Thank you. Yes. That is my husband will come home with mint Oreos sometimes. I'm like, no, I do mint Milanos. I do not do mint Oreos. Yeah. And I, I mean, they're fine, but I
2: no, it's the The original,
1: the original. That's how I feel. And, and no double stuff because really the cookies better anyway. Yes, Like they
2: should do like thin
1: stuff, like the thin Oreos, the cookies aren't bad. bad. They're not bad, but you need like the thick cookie with the thin stuff in the side, in the inside. That's what I would
2: want. That might be called like those hydrox cookies. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Okay. And I've, I go through true crime cycles. Like I love it. And then I get freaked out and sad and scared and okay. worried. And yeah. then I, so usually like I do laughing all the way every December and we, and we travel, we'd go just to Boise in Arizona and whatever, right, sometimes right. up to Logan. So on my drives home at night to stay awake, <laughs> I do, <laughs> I do true crime
2: and I do. And I'm like wide awake, white knuckling the steering wheel all the way home. Yeah. I love it. I love true crime. Nothing too, you know, I'm a big like dateline, crime junkies, that, that sort of thing. It's interesting. You know, my husband's a psychologist and years ago we were still living here. So he he must've been getting his PhD and he got sent to the prison to do a evaluation. So it was oh. a sex offense evaluation. And he said, that would be hard. Yeah. and And that's what he did for a lot of his career. But he said, you know, I was sitting in this room across from this guy and he said, you know what? we were about the same age. We'd been raised in similar families. We'd had a lot of the similar experiences. And he said, I realized in that moment that all of us are just sort of a couple bad choices away from a path you don't want to be on. It, it really is fascinating. It also, I think, gives me compassion for for people that make bad yes. choices, so to speak, because I don't know, it's, you know, what's the saying there for the grace of God? God go I? I mean, really, it's just, you got to be vigilant. We do. And that's why like it,
1: the atonement is, I'm so grateful for it because I've seen in, you know, I have extended family members that have made bad choices and and that you think, wow, this is going to ruin your life and then have come back from it. And it, it really is like when Elder Holland's like, there's no place that the light of Christ can't reach you if you reach back for it. Yes, even in prison, you know, you hear stories about people that are like, "I made these choices to land me here, but I can break free of the chains and mm-hmm. and still rely on the atonement and and His grace if I rely on that. And I and it, it may mean I live out the rest of my life in jail, right? But but the atonement can still work for me even in prison. Yep. And, and I and I've interviewed people that have been several people, women, several women that have been in jail for, for various things, embezzlement and from drug addictions. Right. And like moms, like a a mother that had was pulled away from her kids and spent several years in jail. And she's like, and, and, and has since gotten out and is thriving in another from drug addiction that she's like, I should have died multiple times. And here I am. And it just is incredible to me that Satan's biggest lie is there's no turning back from this yep. and there are some things that are like maybe might have to be sorted out in the next life like i right. don't know how it works with the lori and chad day like
2: yeah murder <laughs> i i
1: i don't know about that i'm not i'm not the judge but that seems like we may that may have <laughs> eternal consequences right. for horrible things like that but even if you do something you you make these terrible choices that the atonement, is still there for you and god's love is still there for you and I, by the way if someone's listening i'm not at all excusing anyone no, at, no, at no all. Not. but but that but that those that choices that are are like you know stealing or burglaring or getting into drugs or pornography or whatever that think satan's greatest lie is well now give up now okay. give up you're done and it's like no no, no never give up you're not no. done
2: yeah nothing's nothing's beyond the reach right of the savior's atonement so yes that's oh. the beauty of the gospel
1: Yes. Okay. So tell me about, you've spoke at several BYU women's conference. Just one. Just one. Okay. Just one. Yeah. Just one at BYU. Yeah. One at BYU. What was the topic that you spoke on?
2: So Dave and I spoke together and we spoke on emotional resilience. So it's so necessary.
1: So necessary. Why do you think that it's such a struggle right now? Do you feel like we're just overall like weaker, like, or, or I don't. Okay. So what, tell me what you think it is that, that is so hard right now to be mentally tough and
2: know how to manage your emotions. Why is that difficult? Yeah. I think we all, in order to grow, we have to have difficult things and we have to have something to push against. And, you know, a hundred years ago, you had to, you know, work for your food and your home and just to stay alive. And so I think as we've moved through time and we live in a, you know, a time that's, things are really easy. We can, you know, I can Google, I just Googled hair straightener for my daughter and it will be here within hours, right? Yep. It, the Lord needs something for us to push against. And so I do think that this struggle with like mental health, with emotional issues is, is part of that struggle. And, and yeah. I don't think it means we're weaker. I just think it's, and I think it's also new territory to navigate. So we're learning how to navigate that. It's interesting. So we have six children and three of our children have returned early from missions. So one was 10 years ago. And then our most recent is Kennedy. So she was home for six months and now has just gone back out. And even just seeing the difference and how that's treated, resources available, how the church views it, how society views it, you know, we're making we're making progress. So I think some of it is, I think things are tougher than we think. I think we talk about it more, so we're more aware of it. But I, I don't think it means we're weaker. I just think we have to, di- I think it's a different struggle.
1: Well, I love that you say we have to have something to push against to make us stronger. Right. And, and in so many ways, me as a mother, I, I do try to make life as easy as I can for me right. thinking that that will help them. And I, yeah. I, I, I do everything for them. I mean, I really do. Like I was just buying them clothes the other day. I'm like, here's your swimsuits. And they're like, we hate these. them all too bad. Like I don't have time to go out and buy you all new this, whatever. But instead of like, come with me or give me your opinion. I'm like, I will just do it because I think it's, it's easier for me to do all the shopping to lay out all their clothes to get all the things people are probably listening like oh my gosh like helicopter mom to the max i'm a recovering <laughs> helicopter mom i will admit me, that me too. I am. and and to watch my kids struggle and 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 do hard things is hard but last night my son he's 10 and he went to a football practice and he had to go with the 6th 7th and 8th grade boys because the second, third, and fourth grader times were full. And so he had to go with these older kids and he's 10 years old. So he's playing football with 14 year old boys. And that's a big, like 10 to 14, you know, it was a big difference. And so I told him, I'm like, it's going to be hard. They probably won't trust you. They're not, it's just a camp. Like it's not a big deal, but it means a lot to him. So he came home crying and he's like, everyone was so mean. And my first thought was like, Oh no, they are. Well then you don't have to do it. And, and then I'm like, you know what? No, I said, yep if you want to do this, it's going to be hard. And, and they don't trust you yet. And you are the smallest kid and they're not going to be th- He's a big kid for a fifth grader, but not for an eighth grader. Right. So I'm like, you have got to learn mental toughness. You have to learn if they know they can get you and crack you, make you cry. They've got you, you I cannot know. let it get to you. And I said, you can be mad at home and be frustrated and cry in the shower. But if you're during a game and they're yelling at you and you go to the sidelines and cry you can't do that. And it's not that I don't want you to show and express your emotions, but you've got to get to a place where you're like, I'm not going to let it bother me. So what do you think that balance is, Kristen, of feel your emotions, be tough. Like we've told my boys, like, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset, but during a game or getting emotional with your coach is not beneficial, won't help you. So how do you balance that? Be tough, but also be empathetic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. I think it all, well, Everything's always a case by case basis, right? I remember when my old well, it was my second oldest and he was twelve, and they were playing church basketball. And he was not an athlete. Frankly, neither were any of the other twelve year olds, but that's what you did. And we were obedient souls. And it's Saturday morning and you send your kid, you know, oh. to play basketball because yeah. that's what the rest of the quorum's doing. And he didn't want to go. I don't know that he'd ever played basketball in his life. I mean, honestly, we're we're (laughs) a musical theater family, generally speaking. So anyway, I remember he calls me just, you know, crying from the church. And he's like, this is awful. Like, I hate it. And I remember in that moment thinking, okay, now I made him go. I made him try it. And he's completely miserable and terrible at it. I mean, he'd be the first to tell you that. And so I, I think... Every kid's different, right? Another kid I might send there, and they were capable, and it was their cup of tea, and they just didn't want to do it, and I make him do it. So yeah. I wish there was an easy answer. I do think I, I always looked, especially as the kids got older and kind of my eyes were opened a little more, for kind of safe ways to fail, because that's how yeah. you learn. You you learn through failure if everything's yeah. easy for you. So. Like I loved theater for my kids because you don't always get the part, right? Or if you go out for a team, you don't always get the part. Yeah. Those sorts of things build. Sometimes giving them, you know, a chore or something to do that's a little too, you know, a little hard yeah. or maybe that they have to ask for help, those sorts of things. But yeah. I wish I had a great answer. Every kid's different. Sometimes we I tell a great story. We talk a lot, my husband and I, about anxiety because, well, he's a psychologist and anxiety is so prevalent and it's yeah. so prevalent in kids and teens, but when my third was 12, what, what is it about the age of 12?
1: <laughs> it's hard. The transitional year junior high, puberty starts.
2: Yeah. 12's hard for boys. 12 hard. Yes. Yeah. Middle school is just the worst, right? Uh-huh. But I remember it was the night before he was supposed to give his first talk in church. And I come downstairs and he is just full-blown panic, hyperventilating, crying. Just over the top. And I realized now I just hadn't seen it, but it was an anxiety attack is what it was. I, but I didn't know what it was. And I just remember in that moment thinking he has to do this. And I remember looking at him and saying, "Makay, I know that you do not want to do this, but if you don't do it, it's going to be a hundred times harder the next time. Yeah. So I don't care if you get up there and say your name and sit down. I don't care if I have to stand up there with you or your dad, but you have to get up. And he, he did the next, you know, we were kind of like, what's going to happen. And he got up, gave a great talk, didn't even sound nervous. And he's an excellent public speaker. <laughs> so it, it really is just a, I, I don't know the spirit. You just have to, you have to. Yes. Listen. The spirit. Well, and way out is, is this going
1: to make them more resilient right. stronger, or, or will this, Break them, right? And and for sure, like we, it's such a balance with my boys. Of my my third boy, I know I can push him a little bit more. And even though he's more emotional than my Mm -hmm. other boys, he's really tough. And so he kind of lets it all out and cries, and then he'll be like, "But I can do it." And I'm like, "I know you can." That's great. All my boys can do it, but some like my oldest son. He's just like you. Grit it out. You put your head down. You don't complain. You do it. Like right. I'm always trying to pull things out of him. Like, how are you feeling? Express <laughs> to me. Whereas my third, I'm like, you know exactly what he's thinking and feeling, because it's there all the time. All the and he'll tell you, and he expresses himself all the time. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm I'm talked out. I can't talk anymore about your feelings. I love you so much. I need a break. <laughs> my others, I'm like, talk to me more more about your feelings. And so I I agree with you. I think there are some that I'd be like, ooh, this would be more damaging to you and hard. And others, I'm like, nope, you got to suck it up and do it because you're going to be faced with tough things. And like you talked about with missions with your kids, there's going to be really tough situations where you're with someone weird. You're in a strange place. You're by yourself. You're teaching the gospel that you know, but also it's different having grown up with it and then teaching it to someone else and being around people. I told my oldest son, because there was a group of friends that, that he, that had been texting him that were maybe not the best influence. And, and I was proud of him because he said, I asked to be removed from the text thread and they were swearing and talking about really inappropriate things. And he's like, I just don't want to be around him. And so to the point where he's like, I don't even want to go to that class anymore. And I'm like, but you're going to be around people that are really different and have different standards than you all your life, especially on your mission. I'm like, yeah, those are the people you're going to be teaching. Yes, <laughs> the absolutely. ones that have the complete different values and are drugs and all that, because they're the ones seeking for something. So you do have to, you don't have to make them your close friends. Yes, choose your close friends from those that love their father in heaven, and have good values and standards that are kind, good people. But you also have to learn how to be around people totally different than you and how to be loving and accepting of them because those are the people that you're going to be around. And, and that's hard too, to be like, who do I surround myself with versus who do I be an influence to? Right. And who will be an influence about me? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And it's a little different, it, you know, it's, it's different living here in Utah than it was. For in sure. Time. Yeah. And and, 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 and it's an adjustment, you know, raising your kids yeah. here would be different than where I raised them where, it's, you're more the anomaly if you're a member of the church, right? So most of my kids' friends aren't, I mean, they're wonderful, but they they, they don't believe the same or, you know, even act the same. So you're right. Where did you raise your kids? In Vancouver, Washington. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and that's not only, you know, different, but probably more liberal and.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Much more. And just, it's very, it's very different. For sure. We're different living here, For sure, <laughs> which is kind of where my social media is like fun because it's, I've been, I'm uh, talking a lot about, you know, just the fun, quirky things that are different here.
1: <laughs> Honestly,
2: Utah is its own place. It really it is. is. And it's it wonderful. Is I, I try wonderful. to, but it's, it's different and you know, every place has its challenges. So here's some yes. difference.
1: Yes, and so I was born in Canada. My dad's whole family's Canadian, and then I lived in California. I lived in Irvine for a few years, and I lived in LA for a few years. I've traveled to every state in the United States besides Alaska and seen all different types of places and people. And I'm so grateful for that because then I can truly appreciate Utah for what it is for what it is and a wonderful place to raise children. I love my kids' friends. I love the area but also there is this weird comparison and rat race and well if we're all members basically i mean it's like 80% in our neighborhood you know what i mean i right. mean yes, that's what we did here yes or or at least was and knows about it even if you're not a member you you know about it you've been taught by the missionaries your neighbors are lds i mean it's it it's it's just kind of the culture here and so it's hard when you do you see people living different ways or living a life that's you're like wait don't we believe the same thing? So you smoke pot on the weekends. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing that? Like, and so it is, it's it's totally different being raised in the church and this environment and the comparison. And also it's like, well, how can we stand out and be different since we all believe the same and we kind of look the same, we all go to church. Then it's almost like kids are trying to find their identity. Well, well then how can I stand out and be different? Right. Everyone wants to feel that uniqueness
2: and be different. And I I do think that seems to be, more of a challenge here, whereas where I raised my kids, they already were different. And yeah, the fact out. that they, you know, whatever, didn't date till they yeah. were mean or didn't, you know, drink, what, whatever, you know, the thing was. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I have found a lot of just. I'm fascinated by this idea that there seems to be that that Utahns are fake. I guess like, it's true, and so. I've been posting about it and just the comments, you know, definitely two different camps. And I, I don't know, I don't know if it's any more fake than anywhere else. I just wonder if there's more of a, an expectation here. And that gets that like ups the game. I I don't know. It's a a perception. Yes.
1: Yes. There. And, and that's why I try, I try so hard to, to be, as authentic as I can. Yes. I'm a very open book. Me too. And I, ch- because I think that's how I learn from other people is through their mistakes and through the imperfections in their lives. When they share something that was really hard or that's not perfect, it endears me to them. It makes me yes. love them. And, and that's how, so that's how I want to be. And I heard a quote from elder Bednar and he said, we need to be more messy from our pulpits. Yes. I say that
2: all the time. Like I love the middle, it. That's that's where the the meat of it is and that yes. you find when you allow like when you share something that's not like so perfect I just find that's where connections made because 100 has a mess
1: 100% and when my my third son was diagnosed with ADHD in third grade, I, it was, it was hard. almost. It, w- it was mostly hard telling like our families, it, not even that they needed to know. My, my husband sent out a text for some reason to all the a right. you know, and I'm all, guess
2: what? My husband and I might be the same.
1: I'm all, you <laughs> have it ADHD. What's happening, yes. Yes. I'm like, I think you have ADHD. So that's funny. Yes. You should just so go funny. ahead and put your name in there too. Cause that's what <laughs> he gets it from. Cause by the way, it's hereditary, but it's so funny because it, it was almost like, I just have to let you know. And Oh, where I'm like, It is not a big deal. Like we knew from the second he was born, we're like, oh, this one is different. (laughs) This one yells more. This one's wilder. This one drinks medicine out of the cabinet and is talking all the time. (laughs) Like this one is different. And I had two older boys before and I love all my boys for who they are and their personalities. But that was a challenge. And I knew in school, especially, it would be hard because he makes himself be known and heard and seen just for the nature of who he is. And so one day I was talking to a friend and he tried out for a soccer team and it's always hard with him in sports. Cause you're either going to coach. That's like, I love it. I love his passion. Right. I love his drive. I get him or one that's like, I can't deal, can't deal with it. Not, and we've had both right. and it's hard as a mom to watch that, like him either be loved or not be- because of that. And so with this latest soccer team that he was on, I was talking to the mom and she's like, Oh, well, you know, my son has ADHD. And I was like, <laughs> you know, this, Lotus, and so she, immediately it was like, oh, I get him. Yeah. And it wasn't this, oh, that's annoying or, oh, that's whatever. It was this immediate connection. And she didn't have to tell me that. And But it was such a wonderful immediate connection that made me love her so much more that she's like, oh, my son struggles with this. That it was like, oh, me too. And now we can talk about it and not be ashamed or, yeah. I don't know, this like hiding like the real parts of who we are. Because don't we all
2: have things that aren't perfect in our lives? We all do. We all do. And I think, I don't know. I don't even know that it comes from wanting to be fake or not genuine, but I, I think it comes from a place of fear because we're afraid of what others might think. And I I have just found, I mean, I remember this was probably, oh, it was 10, about probably 10 years ago. And I was sitting in church and we were going through a really hard time in our family. And I remember Sunday school had ended in this sweet, Sister sitting next to me just leaned over and she just said, Oh, Sister Morgan, I wish my family was perfect like yours. And I just, I don't know. I almost felt shame or guilt about it. I thought, Is this what I'm showing to the world? Like, I do not want Sister so and so to think she's less because for some reason I've been putting on this, you know, perfect front. And I don't think it was intentional, but I do think. We're afraid sometimes to show sort of that messy part. And it real honestly, it became just a, a changing, like a, a critical moment in my life where I thought, okay, something needs to change. We're dealing with something super hard. And and why am I afraid to talk about that or show that? And that's really where I kind of I don't know, grasped onto this idea of keeping it real because don't I have found every time that you're authentic or genuine or share something hard you make a connection with someone you're so yes. much more relatable and yeah. almost like instantly just you just have a deeper connection than when it's just surface level and i think yeah. it's a skill I, I i really don't think people are trying to be fake i think they're afraid and they haven't learned yes
1: well and doesn't it, it makes you feel so much better too like when i see someone post about something that's like hey, this was a really hard day for me. I'm going through a really difficult time. I just got on some anxiety meds and I wanted to share my journey. You're like, oh my yes. gosh, I <laughs> love you. That's yes. incredible and very brave. And it does, it en- it endears you to them because you're like, oh, I don't feel so alone then when I'm like, man, I'm struggling. I'm going through a hard time. It makes you feel like, oh, I'm so glad to know that everyone out there isn't just killing it and I'm failing right. and everything. It, it's So what kinds of, speaking of that and sharing on social media, did you open up about that about the what you were struggling with? Or was that before you had your social media page and by the so way? I want to say, yeah. I
2: I do love social media. I mean, there's a lot, you know, and it's been talked at length about the, the challenges of social media, yes, uh, and the dangers. And I, I don't want to diminish diminish that, but I think it also is a gift, and I think it can bless the lives of others. And so yes. uh, I've seen the power of sort of harnessing. The good in social media, either just through these experiences or for a good cause or anything like that, and I remember in that moment, so that was when our oldest had come home from his mission early, and that was like ten years ago, so people didn't it was weird i mean that's yeah. <laughs> another no way to put it. it it's much more normal now, but yeah, and I remember just starting to you know kind of open up a little bit about that and and that experience you know yeah. it's all the balance i don't want to share anything that you know my my children want to keep private. Yes. But it really was sort of the beginning. And then it was a few years later. I remember Instagram was pretty new. You know, it was still like pictures of like food. Yes. Your trip to Disneyland, you know, it's you know, still that. but Just with your friends. Yes. yes. Or there would be like 30 day challenge. Do You remember those, like post a picture for 30 days and you yes. like your oh. wreath on your front door. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, it's like, so true. Like, pop,
2: pop. I'm like, what was I thinking? Here is oh, my dresser. I don't know. Yes.
1: Or, or like, yeah, my grilled cheese sandwich. I'm like, yes. this is what we had for dinner and I'm like, why did I do? And it's right. all like major like the lo-fi dark yeah.
2: filter, grainy, so, oh, so yeah. bad, but so good. But I was <laughs> sitting in my kitchen and it was I just got back from working out. I'm still in my workout clothes, you know, all sweaty, have a hat on. I'm looking around my kitchen. There's dishes in the sink, homework all over the table. There's goldfish crackers spilled on my couch. I was in the middle of this big project for the theater department. So that's all over. And I'm just, I mean, just, you know, yes. It's life it's real life. It's life, and I just, in that moment, I thought I just turned the camera around and I was like, this, this is life. Yes. Like, life doesn't look perfect and curated. And it really was just on a whim. It was before reels or anything existed. You could only record for a minute. That was a thing. And I yep. just, at the end I said, you know, and that's just keeping it real. And it, kind of started this, what what I called for years, keep it real Friday. And I would just get on. And sometimes it was fun. Sometimes it was like something hard. That's parenting something, you know, it's my laundry rooms, a mess, whatever it was. But that to me was sort of my foray into social media. But I tell you, it's been moving to Utah that has really exploded the social media. And I think it's because I'm posting about real life here. (laughs) (laughs) And just like the good, sometimes, you know, the not so good, but mostly just the good and the fun. And I, what I started posting about was this idea. I'm moving. I've lived somewhere for 25 years. Yes. I move here and I'm like, I won't have friends. I won't have connections or a network. And it's going to be up to me to figure that out, right? Like I can't yes. sit at church waiting for someone to be my friend. I mean, I'm 50 years old. Yes, I don't have that much time left, right, in the scheme right. of things. I've got to make my own friends. So I started just kind of joking and posting about, here's a funny thing, in Utah, who wants to be my friend? What was so interesting is I started getting all these messages from women saying, I've had a hard time making friends. I'm new here. I, I haven't found my place. Like, I would love to meet for lunch. And so I've met some people from lunch. But I, I was getting so many messages that I thought, okay, there's something here. Like there's a need that needs to be filled. And my natural instinct is sort of to be a gatherer. And so I, again, just on a whim, I try not to think too much about anything social media related. I don't practice my reels. I don't, if you look at my feed, it is not pure, perfectly curated. It doesn't match. It's just simply me. I love Uh, it. One day I posted and I said, Hey, what if we all got to lunch, went out to lunch? Like, there's no agenda. Just show up. We yes. eat tacos and have fun. And my son was visiting. He's like, Mom, you, you have to call it Real Friends Meetup. Like, R-E-E-L. Because yeah, I was doing real this friend. real... Real Friends clever. Meetup. clever. And so I posted about it. And... It was amazing. There was over twenty women. It was so fun, you know, sitting wow. in this restaurant and you don't know who's going to come. I mean, honestly, I thought, what if no one shows up? Yes, yeah. Tacos, and I'll bring my, you know, AirPods and all. Yeah. Do some true crime, like I usually do, <laughs> and eat your fifty tacos by yourself. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was amazing, and I just, you, just all these women sitting at tables and instantly connecting. And I think that that's the power of social media. Yeah, I, I think you know. How else would I manage that? Like, left flyers on a bunch of doors, and I know. they show up. Random, I, mean. I know, and it is, and it's kind of it, it. It is random and kind of risky when you're like, I
1: don't know any of these strangers. Yeah, we're all just going to get together, and like, but you're like at a neutral place. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're somewhere where you, anyone can leave at yes. anytime. Yep. But seriously, I've had some amazing experiences on social media too, where you connect with someone. They're like. Wow, I really needed to hear this at this time, or you know i I really needed that that's something that that really touched me, and you're like really right and that that is truly incredible that you can use being real and authentic and who you are for good and connection with other people and that's the purpose of this that's why it it's so hard when you're scrolling through, and it's like everyone's just a commercial. I'm like we are living in the real life true yeah. show we are like everyone is like here I am with my family. And it's like, and this is my favorite Wally case and you should buy it for your phone. And then they go and you're like, wait, what? Or, and I'm selling all these hair elastics and here I am making cookies with the one and only sugar from blah, blah, blah. And you're (laughs) like, what (laughs) is this? But it's true. And I understand it's a business and so many women and men are able to provide for their families. I love it. It's a wonderful tool, but it's frustrating sometimes too, when you're like, I'm just being sold to all the time instead of, Share with me the real parts of your life. Talk to me about what you're going through. Talk to me about your struggles. That's what I want
2: to see. And I think even more dangerous than I mean, at least when they're, you know, showing me, yeah, like whatever, their phone or something that they're that they're selling. At least I know I'm being sold something. I mean, I bought something off of seeing someone else say, like, hey, this is great. I think the bigger danger is when everything looks so perfectly curated. And you start thinking that's how real life is. And then you start feeling less like, oh, my house isn't decorated. I mean, can you see the mess back there? I'm like, wait, it's off. Yes, totally. This is my office, right? Or, or, you know, heaven forbid, like everyone dressed in beige. I can't do it anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. In fact, as I'm like looking at my hair in the camera, listen... (laughs) As we're recording this podcast, it's May. I haven't washed right. my hair in four days. Okay, yeah. I've been wearing a hat. Okay. I've been I doing dry shampoo good for four days. Dry shampoo hair, yeah. hat, baseball hair. It's been insane, and here I am <laughs> in my workout clothes. Don't worry, I, I love actually, it. I haven't actually worked out, but the plan is so I'm going to wear them and manifest it today. Yeah, but that's and happen. I have no makeup on, and so that's the thing is it's even the cover of my, like when I release the doing good podcast and whatever, it's like a headshot of mine where I'm in my glam right. makeup and my hair looks perfect. I'm like, that is not how I am. In fact, it's funny when I go out on date nights, the boys are like, whoa, mom, <laughs> I'm like you are beautiful. <laughs> I, don't I just showered. That's all I did was get ready. I <laughs> don't look, but I'm like, oh man. Cause they mostly just see mom being mom. And it's funny before, right. Honestly, before I got married, I'm like, I will never be one of those moms that goes to Costco without makeup and in sweats. Like I will take care of myself and have pride in how I look. And now I'm like, how gross can I look and still get my errands done? Like, I know. What is the bare minimum that I can look like so to be terrible. acceptable in public?
2: It's so true. And I, you know, I think most people are like that. Yes. And just so regular, I don't know. I just, like I'm goodness. such a power. I, I I just love the power of being real. And and, and that doesn't that mean like being depressing all the time or always just posting negative. Yes, there is a difference. Oh, it's like, it's a balance. It's, yes. It's, and frankly, like most of what I post is, it's good. It's fun. It's silly because yes. that's me. but I'm not going to shy away from the things that are tricky too. So
1: I love that so much. And I was just looking at your social media page and it's it. it, So it's Morgan life advice, M-O-R-G-A-N Morgan life advice. And then Kristen is spelled with a Y. So if you guys are looking it up, it's, it's K-R-I-S-T-Y-N Kristen. Um, And, and it is, you, you're like sharing hope and inspiration for life's challenges. And it's just, it's optimism, but but also like the real parts of life. Yes. It's 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 all messy parts too, right? Yes.
2: And then every, almost every night I do share, I'm pretty active in my stories, but I will share what I'm studying for, for church. And usually it's a talk. Sometimes it's a, you know, church news article or a podcast. And again, nothing pretty. I make no cute graphics. It's literally a screenshot and then a screenshot of three, you know, parts of the talk and a link to the talk. And one, it keeps me on track, but it's been, it's a, it's kind of my way to share, you know, some goodness and light and just, I've gotten some sweet messages from people again, you know, things that you think, Oh, this isn't like, is this really doing anything, but just saying, you know, this is exactly what I needed to read tonight. Or someone said, I, I haven't read my scriptures in years and I read these little screenshots every night. And so awesome, you know, that's, that's the good, that's why I like, I love that the, The good that's in social media.
1: And there can be, there can be good. And I, I was thinking about social media and there are definitely times where I need a break from everything. And I just feel like I'm being sold to, or it's just, it's all just like music. And sometimes it's overstimulating for me when I'm scrolling through and it's like, blasting music and like on your stories, you can expect that. But when I'm like, I just want to look at a nice picture and read a caption. <laughs> right. I love it when people write like a whole novel and post a picture and say, here's what happened this day, like a journal entry, Yes, like these little beautiful glimpses into people's lives. I love that. I know some people are like, that's too much. I guess if you're, you have a business and you're selling things you know, people only stay on a page. I heard what for three to five seconds, seconds or something. Sure. Yeah. Something like that. But for me, it's, it's about connection. And so sometimes I'm scrolling through, I'm like, oh, there's nothing good. I think, well, wait, what am what am I sharing that is good? Am I contributing to the goodness online or am I just a consumer? So how have you found that you can, what is that balance of, okay, I'm not going to be on it and let it ruin my life. Sure. but I'm also just not going to be a consumer. I want to actively participate in making this a better place and being a safe page where people can go to, to be inspired, to laugh and to just experience some, just a real positive taste of reality. So how can people do that? If they're like, well, how can I contribute? People don't want to hear about my family. People don't care about me. Who am I? I'm not a influencer,
2: right? What would you say? Well, what, I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea. I think there's lots of people that use it for inspiration or ideas or, and I think that's totally fine. I don't think everyone needs to put their life out there. (laughs) Right. And and that's perfectly okay. I think that's sort of the danger. I mean, even you can find the danger as someone that posts or as an influencer, when you start thinking, well, so-and-so is doing this and so-and-so is doing this and the algorithm says this, I think you just have to find you. And for me, I think for whatever reason it's a little bit of a, a gift in how I relate to people. I mean, it's small. Like my following is small, but it's I feel the the need to use it for good. So for me, the balance is I'm not a big scroller. I don't I don't consume a lot of content. I I'm pretty yeah. specific in what I will look at. And I I really just I feel the weight of using it for good. And so for me. I mean, I pray about it. How can I use this for good? And, and then I, I, I would say I spend most of my time, not in creating any content, but in responding to the content, to the messages. And because that's, that's where I think that the blessing is it's in that connection. It's in that 100% that personal one-on-one.
1: Yes. And you know, what's funny is like in looking through your page and your reels, you have, you know, a thousand views here, 3,000 views here, 15,000 views there, 94,000 views there, 700 views here. Like, but here's the thing is it's, it's funny to think in terms of like, okay, well, what got me 94,000 views and what got me 700 views? But here's the fact thousands of people were listening and watching. If you had the ability, like just, just for reference, BYU Lavelle Edwards Stadium, how many does that see? Like 60,000 people, something like that. Is that right? Yeah. So if you had like the ability to talk and influence, if you said, I'm speaking at BYU to a sold out stadium of 60,000 people, everyone would be like, What? That is amazing. But you have that kind of audience, just, but it's funny. It's like, Oh, 60,000. Like we're looking for millions. We're
2: looking, but it's. And it, I, it really is true. I had one, one of the first ones I did that when I moved here was about driving here. Driving here is crazy. I'll just say it. It's it, you know, it It's next level. It, it is. Just, and people and are I, moving, mean, they don't let you in, like merge it. They your do own. not let you know. No, Thank they you. don't. Well, this, this is the reel that sort of started it all. And it really was like, just me talking, like we're talking. And I mean, I don't know, it has like half half a million views, but what was crazy about it was the shares. So there was like 10,000 shares of this thing and oh, that is awesome. thousands and thousands of comments. And that's sort of what, what kicked it off. And what I find, like, I'm genuine. If I respond to you, like, I, this is how I really think. And if yeah. you message me, I will message you back. Well, not if you're a creeper, but yeah, if you're a regular person, I not will, if you're a hater. Yeah. will message you back. And I think you're right. You can get caught up in like, well, this one got half a million or this one got 700, but yep. my 700 might've sparked a, a really great conversation with someone. And that's worth it. Yes. To me. Or, you know, Oh, maybe only 500 people see my stories, but if that's 500 people looking at a conference talk, 500, see, and that's that's missionary work. <laughs> think, like how many people did you talk to today? Right. To 500
1: people. That's amazing. Yes. So it's funny that in the context of social media, like these numbers, like don't, I would say to people listening to you, like, don't get caught up in that. No. Like 50 people that, that hear something that you said and five people that comment and say that really helped me today. That is amazing. It like, is amazing.
2: I mean, is- you might have a hundred followers and, you know, six of those saw your stories that day where you, you know, shared something good, but that's yes. those people you touched. Yes. And, you know, 50 years ago, I couldn't sit in my house and touch six people, right? Like, no, I, I couldn't connect. So I, again, the blessings.
1: Well, and I I shared a little while ago about a message I received. I, I just posted a picture of Brad and I, my husband, Brad and I going to the temple. And I have some family members that are no longer active or have never been through the temple in my extended family. And I just felt like, oh, maybe, maybe I should just say, hey, if, if any of you have questions, even though I'm like, my account is private. So everyone that follows me, like I know a lot of us right. like, right. who would have questions about the temple, <laughs> you know? I'm like, if anyone has questions about the temple, like, feel free to reach out. And and I made my account public for like a minute and I got a couple hundred and then I got scared and it was during yeah. COVID and my father-in-law's governor Herbert. And there were a lot of really <laughs> death threats around our family and scary things. And so yeah. I immediately shut that down and went back to private. And so, but I got a few hundred followers that I haven't like, like weeded through, you know, and like, right. and I got a random message from someone and they were like, so when you say that the temple has blessed your life, how do you mean? And I didn't know if they were being snarky right. or if they were being serious. And so I just shared like a link to the church's you know, talk on temples and here's how I mean they bless my life and the covenants and ordinances that are, are performed there. And here's where you can go to learn more information. I'm like, okay, done. And she messaged me back and she's like, it's just funny that you post this because it's been a while since I I have been to the temple and I've just been thinking I should maybe go back. And then I have been praying about it and saw your post And this, we, we messaged back and forth for an hour. It was movie night and family movie night is sacred in the Herbert home. Like we, every Friday night and it's with my boys and like not a lot messes with family movie night. My kids look forward to it. It's a safe space for them. If they don't feel like they want to go out with friends or whatever, this is what we do. So I was messaging during movie night. I'm like, that was totally a no, no, but (laughs) we messaged for like an hour back and forth about the temple and it turned into, I think I'm going to try to go back to church this week. And Aww. I think that I'm gonna try to like make I, I've done some things in my life that I need to repent for. And and this our conversation is kind of giving me courage. I'm like, that is so sweet. And then not ever knowing if I'd ever message her again or see her again, like, you know, you are so brave and courageous. And it's it's good to just if you're thinking these thoughts and having these little pricks of inspiration, like follow that. So she ended up messaging me two days later on Sunday again. She said I went to church for the first time in a long time today. And when I got there, she said, and I got this message in church and I started bawling. I do go out into the foyer because I like lost it. And she <laughs> said, I got to church and there was a lady in my Relief Society that immediately looked up and moved her purse. And she said, I had a feeling that you would be here today. And I saved you oh, a seat. She said, I've been thinking about you. And she hadn't been forever. And she's like, I just thought, I'm just going to leave a seat empty just in case. And she said, this was for you. I, so I'm like, look how much Heavenly Father loves you. And it was from this silly Instagram post about, hey, if anyone wants to know more about the temple thinking. Right. And I almost deleted it. I thought that's so silly. And I, I don't want people to think I'm pushing anything on them. And maybe I should delete it. Came this beautiful experience with one person. I think it got, I don't even know, 50 likes. Who knows? Right. And then this
2: one person started a journey back to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, and not only that, but it blessed your life, right? Yes. It gives you a little more courage. It, it helps you make a connection. It allows you to be a part of that journey. And, yes. And again, that's where I think sometimes we're afraid, right? We're afraid to put ourselves out there. And yet great, great things happen.
1: Great things can happen. And it also strengthened my testimony of inspiration. Like that was an inspiring yeah. thought. It wasn't... Was this random and and I've heard like if it's a good thought, act on it. And I've tried to do that more lately. Like I'll I'll just call someone randomly. I'll drop off lunch. Like you could throw this away. Or I just was thinking about you. And more often than not, they're like, I needed that. Or even I didn't even know I needed that. And that has helped me so much. It's just an it's just a reaffirmation of you know the scripture of when you're in the service of your fellow beings, you're only in the service of your God. And I've I've shared before on the podcast. I used to think of that as you know that you're you're serving God when you serve others, like right. And and yes, you are, but also it's He's not here physically, so He relies on us to do that for other people. Yep, we're His and hands, right? Other people that He blesses our lives, and it's it, there's no better feeling than knowing that Heavenly Father can trust you to bless one of His children it's, it's the most incredible thing. Like I listened to inspiration. I was right. And it blessed someone's life. And heavenly father trusted me to do
2: that. It's, it's very best feeling. Absolutely. And it, and it happens in all ways and means, right? Absolutely. Yes. So Kristen,
1: if people want to speaking about ways, blessing people (laughs) to go and, and, and be inspired and encouraged to share good on their social media, see what you've been doing on yours, Maybe do something different and and start contributing to the goodness online. Where can they go to get inspiration on your page? And t- tell us about, you know, what, what it's called and what you're
2: doing and things like that. Sure. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram. I'm really active there. Morgan Life Advice. Yep. And yeah, I just share like the fun, the silly, the good, the bad. I'm really active in my stories. Like I said, I try to post every night my gospel study and... Yeah, that's that's where I largely am. I do have a blog. It's called Morgan House of Mystery. <laughs> Ooh, fun. Yeah, we're in the process of migrating that over and so to a different site, but yeah, it's still up and running. Yeah. And is that more of like a journal entry of your life, what you're doing day-to-day basis? What, what content is on the blog? No, it's more, I started it when we were, I was going through a hard thing. I call it my therapy. And so it's just sort of musings on life and this idea of keep it, you know, Keeping it real. So most of my posts are that they're just fun. They're silly. There's some some fun ones in there. So yeah, I love definitely it. Definitely my personality. So you can see you can see me there. But Morgan Life Advice is is where I'm at every day. <laughs> I love that so much.
1: I, I I love all everything that you are doing to to share light online and and to be yourself and that there's no. I don't know. We think of this cookie cutter, like what do you have to be to be an influencer? And I don't even really love that name, but I know, right. If you could just look at it as like, what can I do to share my testimony and light and just goodness online? How can I be Absolutely. a positive, optimistic person and real person that others can look to for friendship or advice or a good laugh? And and that is what you are doing. And so thank you for coming on the podcast, for speaking for me. oh, and for all the good you're doing,
0: Kristen.
2: Oh, I super appreciate it.
0: I am Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By The Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, Come Follow Me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy truly all in one little app and you can use promo code doing good all one word at checkout and you get a full month free so check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com see you soon